this is Paul. I'm an idiot, Mackie, with day 26 of the Dog Days of Podcasting. I've got a quick, really big things to lead off with as they get on their way. Really Big Things, a serial by Paul Mackie. Episode 15, On Their Way. Eric stood very close to Ivo despite the amount of available space in the broad hallway. He knew it made his quiet yet threatening voice all the more effective. Tell me everything you know. You sent my sister out with this guy all those years ago, the last time either of us saw her. Tears welled slightly in the corners of Ivo's eyes. I don't know anything about Lara. Bull shit. You're a fucking poor liar, Ivo. What did he do? Ivo paused just a little too long, but finally said, I don't know. Ivo stood up a little straighter. In any case, the important matter at hand is a door that is getting unstable. Eric opened his mouth to protest, but Ivo continued, You and John will accompany Jeremy and his friend to Arizona. You will take care of the door and get it fixed in place with Jeremy in control. Do you understand? Eric's scowl softened slightly, but then he said, Jack, I work with Suzette on these things. She listens. Jack doesn't take orders. Suzette is... Afflicted, but improving, said Ivo. John will not be susceptible to this problem. Don't worry. She'll be ready to go when you return. I should be corporeal, at least. Ivo looked into Eric's angry eyes and gently shook his head. Eric, that would not be a good idea. We need Jeremy safe and sound in Arizona. Eric's mouth set in a thin, hard line, but he said nothing. Now, I've spoken to John, and I believe you'll find him more participatory in the cause than you feel he has been in the past. However, to make sure, there is something you will need to do at the door. Jack, Ivo, Jeremy, Chris, and Eric all stood in the lobby near the entrance of the grotto. So, said Ivo, it was very fortunate that we ran into each other. He reached out with both arms wide as though to pull both Jeremy and Chris into a bear hug, but instead brushed his fingertips gently against each man's temples. Both flinched slightly, then stood still, eyes slightly vacant. Ivo regarded them for a moment uneasily, then stepped to Chris. John, you are my representative, accompanying them to take photographs in Arizona. When he sees the Indian outside, he will recall most of the events here as having occurred in a hotel in Green Bay. Ivo sighed. Minor edits, he murmured almost to himself. Ivo placed his hand against Chris's head for a moment, with his eyes closed. A moment later, he opened his eyes and pulled his hand away. His brow furrowed, and he rubbed his fingers together for a moment, then he shrugged and turned to Jeremy. Jeremy needs few changes. I almost hesitate to... Ivo trailed off. John, you and Eric need to be mindful. Ivo stopped himself. He took a deep breath and stopped stalling, putting his fingers against Jeremy's face. After a slightly longer moment, he pulled away his fingers. Okay, he said slightly guiltily. I've blocked my act of violence against him. Eric raised his eyebrows at this, but said nothing. We need his trust. Ivo blew out a long breath. This is going to be rough for you, I'm afraid. He has gained his will, but there's a lot of... 
tampering that's been done. Stability may become an issue. It is imperative that you proceed quickly and directly as possible, John. I've given you all the instructions Ivo trailed off as an intricately carved cigar store Indian near the door cleared his throat. Mm-hmm. Yes, said Ivo. The camera crew has departed. The way is clear. Thank you. The group filed out of the lobby, Jack leading the way, followed by the two empty-eyed travelers, then Eric, scowling, arms folded across his chest. Outside the grotto entrance, Chris and Jeremy paused a moment near a tall glass and concrete Indian chief. Chris raised his camera and took a picture. He lowered the camera and began thumbing through some settings. Gosh, I never would have thought they'd have had a hotel like that one in Green Bay. Uh, yeah. Say, Jeremy, I hope you don't mind. I had Mr. Fermat include you as my assistant so you could continue to travel with me, okay? That's fine. Great. Listen, could you go and tell Mr. Fermat's rep I'll just be another 10 to 15 minutes getting a few other shots around here? Jeremy walked over to Jack and Eric, who were near the grotto having a conversation in low tones. When Eric saw Jeremy coming, he clammed up and walked toward the car. Jeremy watched him go for a second, then shrugged and turned to Jack. Chris thinks we were in Green Bay? Oh yeah, said Jack, feigning great interest in some of the sculptures. They began to walk along the path. Ivo has some... mild hypnosis skills. We can't have too many people knowing too much. So, when we get to Arizona... You'll have to talk to Eric about that. I really don't know all the details about how all this door stuff works. That ought to be a picnic. Jack smiled a bit. Make sure to bring some potato salad. Say, Jack, about this mild hypnosis, Ivo didn't uh, do anything to me, did he? Why would he? Said Jack as they got to the car. You're getting all the information. You've been listening to Really Big Things, a serial by Paul Mackey. Music is Chronodermis by Nanochrist. Find out more at www.nanochrist.com. Send questions or feedback to reallybigthings at gmail.com. I think there might have been a gap in releases just before this one. I'm not otherwise sure why such a piece of shoe leather as this deserved its own chapter if I wasn't rushing something out. Meanwhile, the voice of Hugh Smarty Hottie, deadpan regular, made a brief appearance. I think Ivo sensed something off about Chris but couldn't put his finger on it. In fact, that was that Chris took the third pill. Maybe. I can't honestly remember my intention there. Moving on, that 80s show took a road trip. Corey and Katie play covers for a family wedding for their whole family. Well, aside from the foremans, they must have been unavailable. RT is trying to use Sophia as his date to make his ex jealous, but apparently she didn't make it either. The date is in exchange for letting Sophia stay at the house for three days. Cousin Ted is drunk and says they should be on Star Search. At the record store, Corey and Tuesday are trying to figure out their next date, and Tuesday clearly feels like she does not want to see Ghostbusters. They look at a benefit concert with The Cure, Echo and the Bunnymen, Pat Benatar, and Killing Joke. Margaret reacts badly to news of Benatar. Katie arrives and says Cousin Ted from the wedding, who drunkenly said they should be on Star Search, turned out to be a recruiter for Star Search. Katie ignores 
Corey when he says absolutely not. Sophia moves in temporarily with a massive amount of stuff. She had to move out of her boyfriend's condo because his wife needed the condo. Roger finds out about Star Search and feels bad he wasn't told by anyone. Katie continues to insist they go on the show. Meanwhile, Margaret continues to avoid Pat Benatar. Apparently, back in the day, she made a big mistake working pyrotechnics for the encore of Fire and Ice, and she blinded the audience and set Pat on fire. Katie guilt trips Corey into agreeing to go on Star Search. They travel through the show, pondering what to do with their appearance money. When they get there, Katie decides they shouldn't perform. Meanwhile, Roger harasses special guest star Ed McMahon. Back at the store, other special guest stars, Pat Benatar and Neil Giraldo, confront Margaret. But it turns out they want to thank Margaret. The accident made them realize they were meant to be together. And at the end of the scene, it's strongly implied Neil and Margaret had a thing going before that. The high point of this episode is probably the special guest stars, and sadly, you can probably guess the low point is pretty much the rest of the episode. Who won, who lost? We all lost having to watch this. Except for maybe you don't. Avoid it if you can. Is it an anachronism? Well, this would have to be June 8th or later, as that's the Ghostbusters release date. Star Search started in 82, so that fits, and Corey is correct that the electric company was cancelled. I was surprised to learn it ended in 77, but there was an agreement that allowed the final two seasons to be repeated continually until they cancelled it for good in 1985. So what worked? They pulled in some guest stars. Why did it suck? Nothing happened. The whole thing just felt like a framework designed to accommodate their guest stars. With an original air date of April 24th, this episode can't have helped in the renewal considerations. Next episode up will be Beach Party. Perhaps they'll be back on track with an actual story, or perhaps they'll just get more guest stars. Well, until then, happy hunting! You have been listening to the One Idget's Thoughts On podcast, produced by Paul Mackey in association with Quadruplez.com. Theme music is Too Good by Jack Mangan and is used by permission from him. If you would like to hear other podcasts by me, you might try The Ghostlight Podcast, a completed intro cast about the TV series Slings and Arrows, or Idgetcast, an intro cast for the TV series Supernatural. Both can be found on fine podcasting listening software everywhere or at quadruplez.com. I'm